Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. What is up? Welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Fellas, how are we doing? We made it to the end of the week. It is Friday, but listeners, I'm sorry. It is Monday. <laughs> we are recording this oh, Friday oh, night. Oh. Uh, well, why us, do you have to do it to him? Hey, listeners, re- remember Friday? That was fun. Oh, what sorry, a day it's Monday it was. morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you guys are listening um, on the way to work. Maybe your state has opened up gyms. Maybe you're on your way to pump some iron, like John's been doing. Uh, maybe yeah, you are out for a run listening to the red shirts. But whatever it is, we thank you. We thank you for turning in to the podcast because tonight, we have a very fun show planned. We are doing a half PPR mock draft. It is mock draft season, boys. I love mock drafts. It's the best way to kind of see, you know, how you value a player versus consensus. We're going to get into all that tonight. But before we do, Okada, John, how are we doing on this beautiful Friday evening in Vermont or California or Arizona, wherever you are? How are you doing? It is uncharacteristically cool this weekend. Uh, mm, we'll which is it. a nice reprieve from the 112 that it was yesterday. Um, it's like around 101 right now, but tomorrow is only supposed to be like 91, which for June in Phoenix, you'll you'll take that. That's uh, that's not quite dripping sweat heat, so it, it works. Are there any Dalmatians? Are there any Dalmatians? What? 101. Dalmatians. Oh God! You are oh, such a '90s God. kid. Good lord! Go <laughs> home, Okada. Go. If home. you didn't see Okada's reaction on YouTube, man, you are doing it wrong. You gotta <laughs> get on the YouTube to watch. Yeah, to watch Okada's <laughs> weird reaction. Wacky waving, flailing arms, little tube man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, John, I have a question. Did you get the air conditioner in your car fixed? Here's the deal with my air conditioner. I have no idea what's going on with it. It it works Perfect. and then it stops. And then I replace the relay which was supposed to fix it and then it stopped working again. And then I went out to my car the next morning and it was working again. I I have no idea what's going on with Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde in my car right now. Um but it's very concerning that it happened in June. Like February. February would have been a really good time for this to happen, to fix it, not when it's going to be like 100 degrees basically every day for the next three months. So I have no Question. idea. Yes, sir. Do either of you guys play golf? Yes. Really? Yes. I'm thinking about taking up I'm golf. I'm thinking about you taking it, it up it's as a, well, actually. It's a blast. Ooh. I'm playing tomorrow, actually. It is a blast, but if you suck, it's like... You can't play with people who don't suck. So you have to play with a bunch of people who well, suck. Well, here's what happens. Yeah. You guys just fly here and we hang out for a weekend and do a little business meeting and we go to Top Golf. Okay, but we're going to have to wait for about 6 months say, until it's not sign me up in anymore. January. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's accurate information. Very accurate. But I'm in for the idea. Uh, I have yeah. never been to a Top Golf. I have heard it is a ton of fun. Uh, but I go on the golf course and I consume alcoholic beverages and play golf and i imagine it's the same thing when you're at top golf so uh yes yeah. golf is awesome you guys should definitely do it and we should have a business meeting at top golf top golf sometime soon mm. 
All right, boys, we have rambled on long enough. I'm sure we have lost all of our listeners at this point. Uh, we are having a little bit of news on tonight's show. Nothing really to get into. We just want to we want to put this narrative to the side. We, we heard some rumors out there. Let's get into the news real quick. We'll talk about that in the Momok draft. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, I got news. All right, guys, I mean, this is news or noise, whatever you want to call it, but Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith says Derrick Henry's workload this upcoming season depends on how the games go. He said, quote, we'll see how the season evolves for him and if any other running back emerges. Uh, Guys, I don't know. I don't buy it. What do you think? Uh, this sounds like something that someone named Arthur Smith <laughs> would decide to do. What the heck is going on there, man? Get you a cool coordinator name like Kyle Shanahan or Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I Arthur picture Smith. someone by the name of Arthur Smith literally running the ball like 300 times. Yeah. So this fits perfectly. He should be a banker, <laughs> not an offensive coordinator. The banker Arthur um, Smith. Yeah, I have no concerns. Their offense is going to revolve around Derrick Henry. I think that they think that Ryan Tannehill is a top five quarterback all of a sudden because he kind of played like one towards the end of last year. But I don't really think that's the case. And when it all boils down to it, it's going to be more reliable to rely on Derrick Henry than it is to rely on Ryan Tannehill's arm. So I think they're going to end up writing henry like they usually do especially as the season wears on yeah now i mean if it's if if it's week three and derrick henry's off to a slow start like he is every single year and you don't own derrick henry then it's a wonderful time to go buy him because you know that by january he's going to be carrying it like 25 times a game um this this team is is mike vrabel it's hard nose it's old school football it's we're going to play really, really good defense, and their defense is continuing to get better every year. And we're going to run the ball at you, and we're going to control the time of possession, and then we're going to hit you with play-action passes and distribute the ball to playmakers like A.J. Brown, get it to him quick, and let him go do things after the catch. It's going to be the Derrick Henry show. I mean, your other option is rookie Darrington Evans, um, who, if you don't know who Darrington Evans is, he is the exact opposite of Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick yep. Henry's like 6'3", 230 pounds, I think, th- 35. More. I'm forgetting what he weighs in at. Yeah. A lot. 38? I think he's 238. That sounds right. And then Darrington Evans, if I'm remembering right, was like 5'10", 205, like maybe 200. He's a little dude. Um, so it, it's you're not going to run a, a ground and pound game with Darrington Evans as your running back. It's going to be Derrick Henry. <laughs> The Titans have Henry listed at 247 and Evans Lord. at 203. That is a man. Yeah. Woof. Uh, that's a lot of pounds. That's a lot of I c- cheeseburger on that one. <laughs> I kind of like uh, Darrington Evans' game, but yeah, for this offense, it, it doesn't really match what Derrick Henry is. Now, in the future, could they move away from it? Maybe, but for this year, I don't buy this at all. Um, shout out to the patreon.com slash Richards pod article I just wrote for our patron supporters for the DFS and sports betting tier. I talked about the Tennessee Titans win total in my article. And I basically said, listen, man, they're going to ride Derrick Henry. And the schedule sets up perfectly for it. Second easiest schedule per Vegas win totals this year. So they're going to be able to do exactly what they wanted to do last year. 
I don't buy this at all. I think it's the Derrick Henry show for sure. And we'll see if any of us take him in the mock draft. All right, boys, we are on to the mock draft. We're doing this on the sleeper platform. Um, Shockingly, we do not have any technical issues yet. I will say yet (laughs) (laughs) with this setting it up. Uh, I randomized the draft order. We have John actually going at the 1.01. Okada is picking at the 10 spot and I am at the 11 spot right after Okada. This is a 12 team half PPR mock draft. We're doing one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex and a defense. Uh, we'll go 14 rounds to get some bench spots in there as well. And sorry, Okada, we are not k- picking up a kicker tonight. However, mm. we will do that in the future just for you because I know how much you love to talk about kickers. All right, fellas, I let's do. kick off the mock draft. We will start it right now. Oh, John, kick off. Oh, look at you that. You know what you need to kick off? A kicker. Beautiful. <laughs> With that being said, John Helmkamp, you're on the clock. Yeah, in in single quarterback, I can't remember a year where the 1.01 was as easy as it is. It's Christian McCaffrey all day, every day. There's no question about it. He's a PPR machine. He's a stud between the tackles. Um, He's a fantastic running back all the way around. It's Christian McCaffrey easy. What a wild start this was. Literally seven running backs go. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, who we just talked about, Zeke, Josh Jacobs, seven running backs in a row, followed by two wide receivers. Michael Thomas at the eight spot is a steal. And then DeAndre Hopkins at the ninth. Okada, you're on the clock, my friend. Gosh darn it, Betts. I keep getting shoved into these positions where it only makes sense to draft a wide receiver. And so I haven't done any mocks this year where I go running back heavy early. Right now I'm looking at Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Chris Godwin, or... Mixon, Chubb, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. And it's really hard to go away from a receiver with that kind of running back lineup. So I'm going to not. And I'm going to take Devontae Adams. Because, and I feel like we did this recently. Uh, he is the, the best combo of safe and upside in this group. He, We've talked about his double-digit touchdown upside. We know he's going to get the massive share of targets on that team. And he, he locks in a surefire wide receiver one with the wide receiver one upside for my team. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Uh, if he felt to me, I was definitely going to take him here. But Okada, darn you, you're too smart at this whole fantasy thing. Mm. I'm kind of in a tricky spot here because there are two wide receivers that I would love to have on my roster. I have Tyreek Hill and Julio Jones lined up in my queue. Now, I only have to wait uh, two additional picks, the guy after me going at 112 and 2.01, to come back to me. I might take a running back here just because I think it's a little bit of a tear break with uh, the players that, that go at the turn here. So I'm going to go ahead and take a running back just to make sure I kind of get that RB2, RB1 fringe guy. I'm going to take Joe Mixon here, um, and we'll see kind of what happens here at the turn. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Get wrecked. Oh, Get bodied, son. This is Get what bodied. you do. This is the risk. Uh, so I passed on those two wide receivers. And what do you know? The person taking at the 12 spot takes both of them. So I'm back on the clock. Uh, Which is the smart play. If you're sitting there at the turn with those two wide receivers or Devontae Adams is one of the wide receivers, double down. Get two elite wide receivers there at the turn. I, I love that. Yeah. I definitely don't hate that call at all. Uh now, back to me, man, doesn't it just suck? Like, when you have something lined up and you know what you're going to do and then it just doesn't happen, you're like, I don't even know any of these players suck. anymore. 
puts you on tilt. <laughs> Not actually. Uh, I'm looking at guys like Aaron Jones, who we talked about last time uh, on the last show with our bus, actually, bus candidates. Chris Godwin, Miles Sanders, uh, et cetera. Those are kind of the names at the top of my list. I'm going to go ahead and take Chris Godwin here. Yeah. I think he's locked in for volume without a doubt over Mike Evans. We talked about Mike Evans also as a bus. So if you missed that, go back and check it out. Um, but I'll take him here as my wide receiver one at the start of the second round. Okada, we are on to you, my friend. The 2.03, who are you taking? Yeah, so I'm very grateful to you, Bets, because it was going to be another difficult choice for me between Chris Godwin and a running back. And by taking Chris Godwin, you forced me to take a running back, which means I can finally do this attempt at an early running back strategy instead of zero RB that I keep doing in mocks. And last uh, episode, actually, uh, when we talked about Aaron Jones as a bus candidate, and by we, I mean John, uh, it convinced me that I like Aaron Jones more than I even realized. And I talked about how if he loses nine, half of his touchdowns, nine touchdowns, he would still have finished as the RB7 last year. I'm getting him as the RB9 here, and I think that that's pretty much where he's probably going to end up uh, if things go decently for the Packers offense, which I expect. So I'm starting out the gate. Oh, I didn't even realize this. Wow. Speaking of the Packers uh-huh. offense. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this while we're on the subject. <laughs> if I had noticed that because I wasn't a scrub, should I not have taken Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, two players on the same offense? Is that a bad call for people early in drafts? It depends on the offense. Um, if we're talking specifically about the Packers, we talked about it on the on the last show. So listeners, go back if you want way more detail about Aaron Rodgers, um, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. I think this offense is going to regress. Now, they have no one outside of these two players that are going to make plays on the skill position side of the ball. So the volume is going to be so concentrated with these two players that it could work out. Personally, I wouldn't have done it because I have strong feelings that there is regression coming for the Packers. I still love Devontae Adams. He's my my wide receiver one in my rankings right now for redraft. But all that being said, I probably would have passed on Aaron Jones personally. Well, at least I get every touchdown the Packers will score this year. Basically, so nice. yeah. Honestly. <laughs> that's true. All right. <laughs> All right. After Okada's pick, we had a couple more running backs, Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb, then two quarterbacks. Fellas, let's let's just pause here for one quick second. We had Lamar Jackson, then mm. Patrick Mahomes go. Should listeners be taking a quarterback in the second round of their draft? No. But, John, probably Lamar not, Jackson Here's was... The thing. Incredible last year. Don't you think he's going to do it again? Yes. What he did no. was otherworldly, historic, the greatest rushing season ever by a quarterback, bar none. He certainly has the capability of potentially doing that again, but the league defensive coordinators around the NFL had no idea what to do with Lamar Jackson last year. They will scheme it up and make adjustments and do something to slow him down a little. He's still going to be an excellent running quarterback. Like, absolutely. But if I had to put money, if he's going to top a 1,000 rushing yards again as a quarterback, no. No, I don't think he will. He could easily lose 400 yards, 500 yards off of that total, I think it's it's possible, and still be a very, very good quarterback. I don't think Lamar Jackson finishes as a fantasy quarterback one, which is he's being drafted at his absolute ceiling coming off of a historic season i don't want that value for lamar jackson i'd rather hold off and wait later and get another very solid quarterback one where you're gonna instead of missing out 
on your running back one or potentially your wide receiver one here early by taking a quarterback where he's bound to regress off those rushing totals. I'd rather wait. Yeah, what I was going to say is Patrick Mahomes has to do what he did two years ago and Lamar Jackson has to do what he did last year to justify this kind of draft capital. And the odds of people, anyone, repeating those kinds of seasons is just so small. Like we saw Peyton Manning one year have that insane year that blew, he would have been worth the 101 almost, but he didn't have it again. And he was good, always good, pretty much till the very end. But when you have an insane year like that, where you throw for 5,050 or rush for 12, 1,300, what was it? 12-something? I don't even know, man. It, uh, it, it was disgusting. You're not going to do that again, odds are. So... I'm not, I'm not wanting to draft these guys here at, at the peak of their value. Like These guys, to be fair, are you know maybe a step above a, a tier of their own, so th- I might draft them a little earlier than others if I felt like I wanted to get a QB sure. early. But honestly, if, if we're looking at positional gaps, I'd rather take the two tight ends than the two quarterbacks. Yeah, right after those two quarterbacks go. Go ahead, John. He had 1,206. 1,206. After those two quarterbacks which by the way i agree take quarterback later uh we have travis kelsey george kittle go off the board and then a couple wide receivers Mm. kenny galladay and mike evans at the 2.11 john you are back on the clock here at the 2.12 i certainly am um and this is very interesting because to me the wide receiver ones in my opinion are gone um, the people that I would trust to potentially be a wide receiver one, and then that you get into a period in the draft where there is just a ton of wide receivers that I think are going to finish in the wide receiver two range or on any given week, potentially give me wide receiver one numbers, um, depending on their you know touchdown totals and, and things like that. Um, I'm very inclined here to just continue and go running back heavy early and come back and take some value wide receivers later. Um, I haven't done that in a redraft mock yet, so I think I'm going to do it just to kind of see how this plays um, because I'm very curious about that strategy. And there's a lot of running backs here that I like. There's a few left in particular that I have my eyes on. One of them is Kenyon Drake for Arizona, um, who I'm very, very high on this year in that very potent offense. Um, I think I'm going to snag him here with my first pick at the turn. My second pick after that, I'm very tempted to go three running back to start this thing. Because I do need a flex as well. Ooh. Um I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do that because right here is Austin Eckler, who gives me massive PPR upside from the running back position as well for his reception total ceiling. If Austin Eckler is my running back three on this squad, um I like that a lot. I think that his volume is going to be incredible. His usage in that offense is great. They gave him a nice little contract. He's their dude. He's going to be the one that that is featured, not necessarily on the ground as much, but as an offensive weapon, a player that they want to get the ball to in space. His reception total is going to be very, very solid. Um, I love me some Austin Eckler. I'm, I'm rolling with him here as my as my third pick. Alrighty. Um, Okada, are you shocked that our running back scout took three running backs to start his draft? Uh, I'm not too shocked. Uh, I don't know necessarily if I approve, although I do like the Eckler pick. That's some great value. I even considered picking him 10 spots earlier when it was up and I took Aaron Jones. Wow. So I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm kind of um, just, I like 
this is what mocks are about, right? You test out some different oh, strategies yeah. and see how they go. So I'm going to roll with it and see how what I think about the wide receiver core when I get down to the end of it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, after Austin Eckler, we have Amari Cooper off the board, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, Adam Thielen, Devin Singletary, Melvin Gordon, and then Cooper Cup. Okada, you are back on the clock. All right, well, the wide receivers in this range are better, again, than the running backs are. You got A.J. Brown, you got Keenan Allen, you got D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, even Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Juju. There is so much clumped into this range. Uh, This is kind of the range John was talking about of the guys who are probably going to be wide receiver two type players on the season, but can give you wide receiver one numbers any given week. And some of these names could easily jump into wide receiver one on the season. However... I have decided that I want to go running back early. Gosh darn it. It is decided. So, (laughs) screw these wide receivers. I'm going to go pick my next favorite running back on the board. And there's only about three or so left that I would really feel good about as my RB2 anyways. So, that kind of makes me feel better about this. And I'm going to take the one that for me is the highest, and that's Todd Gurley. Uh, A couple other names of interest... I will say, because Betts already knows them, Mark Ingram was certainly interesting. I was waiting David for David Johnson, I kind of like, but I don't feel great about him as an RB2. Um, CEH is still here. People love CEH, think he can be an RB2 at the gate. I personally don't feel as confident as you guys all know. But Gurley, I feel good about. We've talked about him quite a lot on this show, so I won't uh, smash the drum again, but... It makes me feel good. I feel like I have a lot of touchdown upside with this team. In fact, I probably have the best t- uh, touchdown upside in the league, just glancing quickly. So humble of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, upside. Todd Gurley. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, classic. Uh, yes, I was I was expecting you to say you were considering Mark Ingram and Todd Gurley. Uh, so yeah. not shocked at all. I am back on the clock. I am also looking at this wide receiver list and saying, what? is happening um this if there's ever a year to do it and just say i'm not taking a wide receiver until the third or fourth round in redraft leagues this is the year to do it i mean this tier is insane go ahead john didn't i do that he's doing <laughs> oh you were saying yeah. i did that i thought you I, I wanted to mention something john was raising his john hand. Yes. did that and and i honestly you would probably be happy with any of these guys as your wide receiver two sometimes your wide receiver one there's a couple names that i love on this list but because yeah. of the position scarcity i'm also going to take um, a running back here. You mentioned Mark Ingram. I'm going to go ahead and take the upside here. I'm going to see what happens Ooh. to my team if I take Clyde edwards helaire here at the the 3.11. I'm mad at you. You know, we, we've we heard the team say, listen, man, like this guy, they've compared him to, uh, to Brian Westbrook. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but we like the player pre-draft, right? Especially John and I, I know did. And he lands with the best offense in football. So in the third round, I'm going to take a shot here and hope that I can find some running back depth in later rounds to fill in just in case I need it. And actually, speaking of that, I'm going to go ahead and snag. Uh, No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I saw, I saw a guy's name <laughs> on my list that I wanted. After, after CEH, it was Keenan Allen, then James Conner. And guys, I want to pass some wide receiver here. I really do. But I can't. DJ Moore falling to me at the 4.02 is an yep. absolute smash in redraft leagues. This dude is going to be a stud when it comes to receptions. We've talked about this Carolina offense a lot. Defense should be absolutely atrocious this year. Lots of volume for Teddy B. DJ Moore is a rock-solid one this year. I think he's going to have a huge season. I'll take him here as my wide receiver, too. Okada, we are back to you. 
Well, uh, the other running back I was considering, Mark Ingram, is still here on the board because you passed on him twice, which is quite nice of you. And Mr. Turn only took James Conner, has three receivers and a James Conner. I do not feel confident if that's my setup through four rounds. Um, but, but I do have to take a glance at these wide receivers because there's some names that I really, really like. A.J. Brown is still there. Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Juju, Odell, Terry McLaurin even. I love those names. As my wide receiver two, I would feel great about that. Here's the thing, though. There are a good uh, 15, 16 picks between me now and my next pick. And I still think I can get a decent wide receiver, too, when it comes back around to me. One of these names that I like. So I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to go Mark Ingram. Get three running backs, kind of like John did. Especially since Gurley's not super safe. I feel like Ingram is super safe. And this gives me an incredibly reliable, strong, high upside core of running backs to work with, and then gives me the freedom to go wide receiver and tight end for my next several picks. Okada, can I ask you one question about that? Yes, because you may. Because I agree with what you just said. You said Mark Ingram is super safe. Why is he not being mm-hmm. valued that way right now in redraft leagues? Um, I think it's a little bit of J.K. Dobbins. I think it's a little bit of... A lot of the people who are currently doing redraft prep are also dynasty people. And so there's a little bit of Mark, Mark Ingram is old. J.K. Dobbins is new and young. Um, there's also the the concept that everyone has that Lamar Jackson is really the running back one on that team. And this is something we've talked about. And, and I mean, John even brought it up earlier. He is going to regress in the rushing category. He's going to lose several hundred rushing yards, probably. But I don't necessarily think that the Ravens are going to regress in that way because they are set up to succeed incredibly well as an offense and in the run game. And that means that a lot of those rushing yards are potentially going to filter down to their running backs. And Mark Ingram is still the guy for me. J.K. Dobbins has upside down the road. I like him uh, in the back end of your rookie drafts. But I don't think he supplants Mark Ingram this year at all. I think Mark Ingram is still a thousand yard guy with eight Mm -hmm. touchdown plus uh, in the books. So... Yes, please. Totally. Like it. Love that. After Okada's pick, we <clears throat> had A.J. Brown, T.Y. Hilton, D.K. Metcalf go off the board. Then we had Mark Andrews, the third tight end. Then we had David Johnson, David Montgomery, a couple of Davids, Allen Robinson, and then Zach Ertz at the 411. We are back to John. He has three running backs on his roster. John, you gonna make it uh you gonna make it five in a row here or what? <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, the thought did cross my mind, um, <laughs> but I won't. Um, I need to adjust wide receiver. There are a lot of wide receivers in this tier, and this is exactly what I was hoping for. Even though a good number of wide receivers went, as I waited the uh, 22 picks back to me, there's still wide receivers here that I feel very confident in as being top 16 guys that could potentially finish as top 12 guys. Um, I feel very good about this. So I'm going to take one wide receiver that I feel like is very, very safe. Um, Someone that I feel like is basically a lock, a mortal lock in 2020 to finish inside the top 16, and that is Bobby Trees. I'm going to go with a nice, great, safe floor wide receiver here that is going to give me great upside on a week-to-week basis. I love me some Robert Woods. I think that's great. Um, after going that route where I have a lot of safety, I'm going to go with, uh, big time upside and I'm going to take OBJ 
here as my second Ooh. wide receiver off the board because Wild. he should finish as a wide receiver too. Minimum, he has the upside of being a top six guy if they get everything figured out right in that offense. So I, I like that combo for like balancing each other out between the safety and the kind of volatile but high upside wide receiver. What a time to be alive. Odell Beckham Jr. in the fifth round of the redraft league. It doesn't happen. Um, also, shout out to Bobby Trees. We had a listener actually DM me on Twitter <laughs> and say, hey, tell John to stop calling Robert Woods Bobby Trees. <laughs> then John says, hey, look at this. He pulls up Pro Football Reference. The actual nickname listed is Bobby Trees. And the oh. team tweeted it out as well yes. from their show account, the Rams. So, uh, listener, Get sorry body. about that. but. That is correct. It is Bobby <laughs> Trees. Uh, after John took his two wide receivers, we had a ton of wide receivers. And Okada, I don't know about you, but I'm very sad. Uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, Tyler Lockett, Debo Samuel, Juju, Raheem Mostert. Uh, too early. DJ Chark, yeah. Darren Waller, and then Terry McLaurin. Honestly, Okada, if we could have just got two of those guys to come to, to our picks here, we would have been I very know. happy. But I am very sad. Uh, who are you taking here with your next pick? Yeah, this was a very tilting round because not only did I have almost every single one of those wide receivers on my draft list, but I had an emergency out if they all went to go ahead and draft Darren Waller and get what I see as maybe a little bit of a tear break at tight end in this round. And frickin Darren Waller went two spots before me. And then Terry McLaurin went one spot before me, which was the worst part of That's it all. Rough. So this is very rough. Yes, I feel very upset. However, it pushed me to expand my thinking mm. and look at some players that we haven't talked Ooh. about that much necessarily or drafted at all and here's what i'm going to end up doing bets i'm going to go back to an old okada faith oh. oldie but goodie huh? i was a truther for this guy last I know year it is. it is it is tyler yes, boyd is. of the cincinnati Bengals. here's the thing guys aj green by the way several spots above him in adp no thanks A.J. Green, I am very not sure what he's going to be this year or if, if he even is going to be this year on the field. Tyler Boyd is an extremely talented wide receiver. We talked about him last year when I did some scouting on him as part of the Scouting Academy thing that I did. And I just loved his go get him uh, ball control attitude. He is going to come down with the catches. And he is going from a absolute crapshoot at quarterback after Andy Dalton got injured. Andy Dalton was actually decent, by the way, for he fantasy was. purposes before he got injured, uh, to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's a rookie. I understand that. He's also the 101 and touted as the greatest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck supported fantasy receivers very quickly. I think that considering the situation at wide receiver on that team, pass catchers in general even, it's not like they have a great tight end, um, Tyler Boyd is going to see 130 targets plus maybe even. And I think that he has a very high talent ceiling where if he like takes another step forward in, I think this is his third or fourth year. I think this might be his fourth. Boyd, fourth. This is maybe four. someone check that for me. Yeah, I think it's his this fourth. Four. Uh, yeah. So that's still early enough in a career for a receiver to take another step forward. I think if he does that, he has the talent and could have the target share to be a wide receiver one. So there were a Ooh. couple safer guys I could have gone with, like Jarvis Landry maybe. But I, I went ahead and went with Tyler Boyd. I like the upside, and I still think he has a target share to be relatively safe. Wide receiver one, huh? Possible. Not probable. All right. 
You know, you know what, what I'm hinting at. You know, I'm, I'm hinting at the bets bet sheet. Uh, I will not <laughs> make the bet. <laughs> you yeah, pass. You definitely were on Tyler Boyd last year. I will give you that. I mean, the scouting and, and all that kind of stuff, like you said, he's going to have every opportunity as far as volume. I'm 100 percent with you. So that is a, a nice, a nice selection there in the fifth round. I was eyeing him as well. I'm going to go ahead and take my third running back and. I have a couple of guys that I think scream upside. I'm going to take another one. I said I wanted safety at my running back position, but when Jonathan Taylor is staring you at the face, it's a 5'11". Ooh. I mean, guys, we've, we've talked about him a ton. We don't really need to go have into we? it, but he is all... Have, I don't think so. Well, I don't know. Maybe just uh, for four uh, hours. A little. <laughs> we a have touch. him as our consensus 1.01 rookie in this class, and it's only a matter of... of win not if he overcomes marlon mack i think i can get by for the first three four weeks of the season before jonathan taylor really takes a step forward and takes a stranglehold on that backfield i will take him here at the 511 and see what happens here at the turn we have dak prescott and then jarvis landry Mm. go off the board i was hoping jarvis would fall back to me here Mm-hmm. Sixth round. Same. This guy at the turn is really bothering me, um, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah screw that except guy. for the James Conner situation, he's got a nice draft. Uh, yes. And I'm back on the clock here. I'm going to look at a wide receiver. I really, really, really can't believe Cortland Sutton fell all the way to the six point oh two. Now, do I see concerns with this offense? I sure do. I mean, we talked about it a couple of shows ago. I just don't know that everyone. Everyone looks at that roster and they're like, man, Drew Locke is going to crush. Like, this dude is awesome. He dances on the sideline. He wears a sleeve. This is going to be so fun. They added Jerry Judy. They added Melvin Gordon. Noah Fant's going to take another step forward. And yeah, all those things might happen. But I'm concerned about the quarterback play. I'm not convinced quite yet. But we saw what he did last year with with Drew Locke. We saw what Cortland Sutton did last year with Joe Flacco, uh, for crying out loud. I think he can overcome a bad situation. So in the sixth round for Cortland Sutton, who wide you're talking about with Tyler Boyd Okada, has wide receiver, wide receiver one upside? Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm in on that value. So I will take Cortland Sutton here as my wide receiver three. Okada, we are back to you, man. Who are you going to take? Ooh-wee. This is a tough spot for me. So I'm looking at a little bevy of wide receivers because I still only have two. And I have Mark Ingram in my flex, which I feel good about. But I would not mind having a wide receiver that I can also swing into that flex spot given the matchups however i'm also considering going tight end here uh here's the thing there are four teams picking between my pick here and my pick next round uh each of them have two picks who do not currently have a tight end and there are only four tight ends that i really feel solid about as my tight end one there's some other guys that i feel you know have some upside However, I don't necessarily think that all four of those teams are going to take a tight end. And this is kind of the draft analyzation, analyzation, analysis. That was analyzation. Yeah. (laughs) Damn analyzation. (laughs) Analyzation. Um, That's a Friday night word right there. (laughs) You don't just need to look at the players. You also need to look at the teams and figure out what you think you can risk and what you can't. And I think think that there's a decent chance that one of those four teams does not take a tight end and I'm able to get one of the ones I want. So what I'm going to do instead is pick a wide receiver and then it's just down to two options that I'm going to choose between. One of them is High Upside who showed a lot of flashes at last year in a 17th year breakout. 
<laughs> not really, but you guys probably know what I'm yeah. talking about. The other one is arguably one of the safest guys in the entire league, or at least has mm. been. Only thing is, he lost his quarterback. Not that's Julian. Not just Edelman. any quarterback. Yeah, Tom Brady. Here's the thing, guys. I don't know if you realize this. Julian Edelman finishes finished as the wide receiver ten in half PPR last yeah, year. He was excellent on the back of 153 targets and a hundred catches. That is a lot of moolah. That's fourth most catches in the league. People sleeping. In a half PPR league even, let alone let alone a PPR league, but in a half PPR league, that is some invaluable production. And did he lose Tom Brady? Yes. But is whoever is going to fill in, probably Jared Stidham, going to need to look to the reliable slot receiver a lot, considering he's the only thing with any sort of reliability or talent on that Patriots squad? Yes, I think so. I think he and James White are going to dominate targets for that team. So I'm going to go ahead and take Julian Edelman here. And it feels a little bit interesting and odd, but I feel like it grants me a flex guy that I know is going to have seven catches. And if he gets decent yardage and scores, you know, five touchdowns on, on the year, I'm going to feel okay. Julian Edelman is going to be the type of player in home leagues that you get in like the ninth round like unless you live in new england um because everyone has the stigma right like it's tom brady's gone yep. jared Stidham sucks like and maybe that's not true we don't know that's what people think probably to get him here at the sixth round i think he's gonna have a ton of, of volume so really sneaky play there for sure i like that a lot stefan diggs goes after edelman then we have kyler murray marlon mack just what is this one two three four five six seven picks after jonathan taylor interesting value there Kareem Hunt, Deshaun Watson, A.J. Green, Russell Wilson, Darius Geis. We are back to John here at the turn, 6-12 and 7.01. Yeah, if Kyler or Russell had lasted to me here, I was going to take one of them with one of these two picks. Mm. I don't want Deshaun here because I'm really concerned about that offense as a whole losing DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm kind of... I'm very, very iffy on Deshaun Watson's potential value in 2020 in a redraft league. I'm very kind of iffy on that. I, I still think he's a fantastic asset. Amazing uh, for Dynasty. He's still someone where it's like, okay, he took a little bit of a hit in Dynasty. He's probably going to level back out. But I think you're catching him kind of at the bottom this year in redraft. So I, I wouldn't have taken him here. But if one of those two had lasted, I was going to take him. So now... Because those guys are gone, Kyler and Russell, I'm in like full-on late quarterback mode, like at this point. If I could have gotten one of those guys, yep. I would have taken it. Now it's like I'll see, I'll look at the quarterbacks in another like three rounds at least. Um, so now it's about looking at what I have. I have three running backs. I have two wide receivers. Um, I'm probably just going to grab one more of each of them uh, is kind of what I'm thinking here. I would like to have a running back four on my team uh, that I feel good about. And the running backs are starting to thin out. So looking kind of through the running back list, is there anyone that I feel really confident about taking uh, right in this range? There's really not. It's really thin. You get some of the other rookies on the board here. DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers are both available. Um, I like them. Out of curiosity, John, Darius Geis went one pick before you. If he was still here, would would he be on that radar? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great yeah. value there on Darius Geis. I'd, I'd take Darius Geis over 
these other rookies coming in, probably. Um, over DeAndre Swift, I'd probably take Darius Geis. I'd probably take Cam Akers uh, after Darius Geis. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, so because of that, you know what? I'm actually looking, and I don't like the running backs that are here. So I'm probably just going to end up waiting for my fourth running back, and I'll probably take two more wide receivers. So I'm going to take a wide receiver that we recently just talked about um, in Dallas, someone that especially Okada is super, super hot on. And I'm starting to warm up more on as well. And that is Michael Gallup. Yep. I'm going to take Michael Gallup here at the turn. And I'm going to go wide receiver again. Um, and there are some really interesting value wide receivers that are criminally slept on every year. And then there's a second year wide receiver who's like the new hot shiny toy that everyone loves. If I'm taking a look at these guys... I think that I'm going to go with stability right here, and I'm going to go with Marvin Jones. Um, I'm going to plug that stability into my roster, and I'm going to take that all day long as someone that's probably going to finish in the top 24 at the position, and he's being drafted. I'm not doing the math, but somewhere in the wide receiver 30 range in, in this draft. Yeah, and I will say too, real quick, John, just to speak to your point, you know, you kind of mentioned like there's no one in that range that you really like. It doesn't matter. When you're at the turn, you get who you want. And you go get your guy because ADP means nothing at that point because they're not going to come back to you at the the level that they should or the round they should. So I like that call with Marvin Jones uh, for sure because he wouldn't have made it back to you, but he definitely would have lasted longer. So right. I like that call. And for listeners, don't be afraid to do that if you are at the turn as well. Real quick, guys, before we get into Okada's next pick here in the seventh round, let's pause for a second. Let's thank the sponsor of tonight's show. Guys, it's been a while since we talked about these guys. Trophy Smack dot com is the <laughs> premier place for your trophy in fantasy football last year we partnered with trophy smack and it was awesome they literally sent mm. us a free ring to give away to the winner of our listener league for free had to do nothing they just gave it to us these guys are awesome dope we support good people putting out great products and that's what trophy smack is so head on over to trophysmack.com. you know what guys it's june it might feel early for a trophy but there's nothing worse than showing up in August or July to a draft and not having a trophy. You have to have the trophy there. Mm, you can also shameful. shop on trophysmack.com for your draft board as well if you do an in-person draft. Mm. Everything you need is there. And the best part about our deal with them, you just have to plug in the code REDSHIRTS at checkout. You add a championship ring to your cart. When you purchase a trophy or a belt, you get that ring for free. Literally, so free. you pay nothing and you get an extra product. You get a ring for free. So if you're a commissioner of two leagues... Just do them both at once. It's a it's a fantastic deal. Or if you're right, a commissioner Okada, of one league, to- you keep the <laughs> ring and pretend that you won when your best friend actually <laughs> took home the trophy. That's that's the way. That is the pro move. <laughs> <laughs> After John's pick, we had Aaron Rodgers go, then Marquise Brown, Drew Brees, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Parker, Carryon Johnson, and DeAndre Swift back to back, both lines running backs. Then Evan Ingram, Okada, you are up, my friend. All right, Beth. Well, I I have three running backs and three wide receivers, which feels very tasty and gives me a lot of freedom right here to feel comfortable about going either quarterback or tight end. And I'm interested in both because there are a couple guys left in each up uh, at each position that I think are kind of left in those tiers. Now, the two guys ahead of me, you and the Mr. Turn man. Mm-hmm. Do not have tight ends. Mr. So I think there's a very good chance that possibly both of you will take a tight end because you both have two picks. 
the uh, Mr. Turnman does have a quarterback. He has Dak Prescott, which means that only you are going to take a quarterback, if at all, which gives me freedom to wait a little bit more on quarterback and instead turn to my tight end. So I'm going to look between two guys that I am flipping coins on this offseason. It's Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper. And I talked last episode, two episodes ago, about Hunter Henry as a big breakout candidate, and I think that he is. The thing is, Austin Hooper already did break out last year. So while I love Hunter Henry and his chance to take a big step forward, it could just be into the range that Austin Hooper already established himself. Of course, Hooper already switched teams, or also switched teams. We also talked about that, and I feel good about that. So, it's very tough. I'm kind of going back and forth. Last mock I did, I took Austin Hooper over Hunter Henry. So I'm just going to switch it up this time, and I'm going to take Hunter Henry over Austin Hooper. I don't know where my rankings will lie when September rolls around, so you guys can check back with me. But for now, I'm taking Hunter Henry as my tight end. Interesting. Uh, I was not going to take a tight end, so I'm glad that you did because I wanted this running back to fall to me. We are at a spot here where I see two starting running backs left on the board. Um, And I'm going to take one of them here because, again, position scarcity. I want to leave my draft with more running backs than wide receivers. I'm taking Cam Akers, guys. Uh, I don't know that on our show I've been a huge Cam Akers guy, so to speak. But I think the opportunity for Cam Akers is as clear as it could be. I mean, uh, yeah, these two bozos pointing at themselves on the camera uh, have been on Cam Akers. He's lower in my rookie rankings, but this is a redraft league. And Daryl Henderson, I'm sorry, is not good. Uh, He is going to have every single opportunity to be the guy. And we saw Todd Gurley be very productive in this offense. Now, is the offensive line a concern? Sure. But you know what? Cam Akers played behind the worst offensive line in the entire country, professional (laughs) or amateur, last year at Florida State. He can overcome a bad offensive line. So I will take him here at the uh, 7-8 turn here. And right now... After him, we went Sonny Michelle, then Will Fuller. It is back to me. I feel really solid about my running back depth. I'm going to start to look at wide receiver and tight end. And, you know, Kata talked about it with Austin Hooper. But there's just guys here that I'm I'm fine at this point to punt tight end. I don't really want to be in that no man's land. So I'm going to go back to wide receivers. And I don't know if I'm just getting brainwashed by you two or what it is. But I'm going to go ahead and select Christian Kirk. Because yes. in our last Ooh. episode... John discussed Christian Kirk as a breakout, and I got to give it to him. He made a very compelling argument. Um, we like Kyler Murray a lot on the show. We like the Cardinals offense taking a huge step forward here this season, and I want a piece of that offense. Christian Kirk is totally fine here to be my wide receiver four. Okada, we're back to you, man. All right. All right. Well, there is. Um, there are two teams without a quarterback picking between me and my next pick. One of them is John, who mentioned that he was interested in a quarterback at the last pick, but only because it was a massive tier break. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and wait. There's a quarterback that I'd really like to get. I'm gonna hope I can get him on the way back, even if I don't there's a couple other guys I like. And instead I'm actually gonna go snag me a fourth running back and it is going to be a, another rookie. We are we are eating up these Damn rookies you, bets. I'm gonna go ahead and get me yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. Damn. I have picked him in a couple mocks because I think Betts mentioned that there was two starters left. I don't know if Keyshawn was one of the other ones he was talking about, but it should have been because he's the starter in Tampa Bay. Do you think that's just big facts? Do you think he is the starter week one? Yes. Ronald Jones can get out of my face, Betts. He's terrible. He is worse than Daryl Henderson. I understand. Ooh. I'm not going to argue you at all. 
I don't know about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to argue at all. That's that a little is harsh. going to be the backup at some point. <laughs> I just think it's going to be a little slower of a start than we are hoping for with Keyshawn Vaughn. But you have enough depth that it might not matter. You could just kind of plug and play elsewhere and then get the guy from there. I don't know, man. This is true. I, I do not need to start Keyshawn Vaughn probably for the entire season unless he breaks out to be an RB1 because I have Aaron Jones, Gurley, and Mark Ingram. But if he takes over the job and becomes a David Johnson in Arian's system, I'm going to have suddenly another RB1 to play with. Okay, let's say RB2. But <laughs> very productive running back uh, out of this rookie. So realistically, bets maybe he will not like actually be the first running back on the field and take the first snap. But I would probably lean towards him getting the majority of touches from week one. All right. Fair enough. And also, by the way, listeners, if you're not familiar with Keyshawn Vaughn's game, shout out to John, who did a fantastic scouting profile on Keyshawn Vaughn. It is on our YouTube channel. Find that there. After Keyshawn Vaughn, we have Matt Ryan, Damian Williams, Bob Gronkowski. Matt Ryan was the quarterback I wanted. uh, Ronald Jones, Matt Breda, J.K. Dobbins, Philip Lindsay, then John Brown. John, back to you, man, at the 8-12 and 9.01. Yeah, I'm mad at you for that Keyshawn Vaughn pick because uh, I really wanted him here as my mm. fourth running back. I like him a lot. I think he walks in. I think it might be a bit of a split early. Um, he is m- a much better blocker than Ronald Jones, which will help him um, stay on the field more. And I think that he's way better in the passing game than Ronald Jones as well. I think that Keyshawn Vaughn takes that job over at some point, and it's not going to take long. Um, but with the shortened off season and all that stuff, it might, you know, there's, there's language and playbook and stuff like that to learn. Give these rookies some time this year, blanket statement, give all these rookies this year, a little bit of grace. Don't panic with their production in the first two weeks of the season. If you drafted a rookie, keep that rookie for the entire season. Like basically, you know what I mean? You never know what's going to happen late and how they're going to develop. Don't panic early. Hold on to them. So here... I am getting a little bit intrigued to go quarterback here um, because I do have a turn and then I got to wait a long time back. And I think there's a couple quarterbacks here mm. that I do really, really like. Um, and we're talking about the 8-12 and 9-1. That's a great late spot to take a quarterback. I already have four wide receivers and three running backs. Um, so I'm going to go quarterback here. And of the quarterbacks that are on the board, um, I am going to take Josh Allen because I love his rushing upside. I like that they just got him Stephon Diggs. Um, I think that this is a good opportunity for him to take a step forward. And I think that he's going to be a very solid contributor. I like it a lot. I need another running back on my team in a big way. And as we, as Betts kind of said, being at the turn, go get your guy. Don't really look at ADP and and wait on it. I'm going to grab someone that I think is going to be, um, fantastic for PPR this year. He had a bit of a down year last year. But I'm going to go ahead and snag up Tariq Cohen um, as a fourth running back on my team for that PPR upside, fourth running back option, bi-week play, uh, something like that. Just someone that's going to instantly kind of plug in and go get six catches um, for 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. Or he turns that into a lot more yardage. So I think that Tariq Cohen is going to have himself a nice year, especially with a better quarterback under center that's not going to be Trubisky, as we've talked about on this show that I've adamantly stated. It's going to be Foles. Get out of my face with C. Trubisky being the quarterback still there. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Fake news. Stop with that. Uh, (laughs) Just don't. Just don't even try. After Tariq Cohen... (laughs) 
Darius Slayton, Tevin Coleman, Austin Hooper in the ninth round. Really good value like there. Yep. Mikol Hardman, Deontay Johnson, Emmanuel Sanders, James White, then Latavius Murray, Okada. Back to you at the 9-10. Uh, yet again, Bets, this round was a bag of doo-doo upon my doorstep because I had Slayton, Johnson, and Sanders in my wide receiver queue. And I am very upset. This, this is not going well for me with the, these teams in front of me. Uh, Slayton and Johnson were my were my real go-tos because what I want at this point in my draft when I have three very stable, what I see as very stable wide receivers, is I want guys that could suddenly break out into like not only wide receiver twos, but could be surprising wide receiver ones if their talent matches their opportunity. So Slayton and Johnson, you know, Darius Slayton has every opportunity to be the wide receiver one on his team, yep. and he looked good last year. If he carries that forward and takes another step forward, I mean, we could be looking at massive production for Darius Slayton. And then Deontay Johnson led all rookies and receptions last year. If Juju, and I am not on this side of the fence with Juju, but if Juju does not step up and Deontay Johnson is required to and Big Ben is healthy, you know, and even if Juju is good, by the way, they've supported two great receivers in that offense for years. So both of those guys have a lot of upside. I would have loved to get them. They're not here. I'm upset. So instead, <laughs> I will go to my third option in that grouping, who is still left in my queue. So I'll, I'll survive. And it's not Alan Lazard, by the way, who I was considering to complete my Packers trio. JK, not really. It is going to be Anthony Miller. Uh, Anthony Miller is another guy very similar to those two who... A, if the quarterback play improves, and more importantly, B, if he takes that another step forward, has flashed massive talent even through injury, could be a level of player to unseat Allen Robinson as the wide receiver one on that team. That is the upside I think he has. I'm not saying it'll happen, but at my wide receiver four, it's a, if this could happen, I'm interested in having it on my bench. So that's what I'm doing here. Perfect. I am not sure what I want to do. I, I really don't know. Well, good talk. <laughs> several. Yeah, and the, the show is over. Uh, no, there are several wide receivers that I just feel like it's just one big tier. Like, I don't feel drawn to any of those names. Running back is kind of the same story. Um, there's quarterbacks that I love. But again, it's all one big tier. I know I said I was going to wait on tight end. But I'm going to go ahead and snag Jared Cook here at the 9-11. Um, okay. Guys, in 11 out of his his last 11 games, every single one. 50 yards or a touchdown. I know Emmanuel Sanders is in town, but I think he and Drew Brees have a nice chemistry there locked in together. I think he could return pretty good value here at the 9-11. Hopefully, he can kind of sneak into the top five, six tight ends. Maybe if touchdowns get him there, we'll see. I'll find out with the 9-11 there. After that pick, Jordan Howard, then Carson Wentz at the 10.01. Back to me, wide receivers haven't changed. Running backs haven't really changed that much. I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and take a quarterback here. A guy that we've been talking about all offseason, a guy that was on pace for 5,000 yards, a guy that no one wants to touch because of his back. Listen, you can trust Matthew Stafford this year. He's going to be fantastic yet again. I'm going to take him as my quarterback here <laughs> in the 10th round. Oh, Kata. Oh, Kata is really upset that I took his player here. Were you going to take him? Well, bet. Uh, I had three players in my queue. Uh, heading into the four picks on this turn. They were Jordan Howard, Carson Nobody Wentz, and Matthew Stafford. Nobody cares about your sob story, Okada. So, adjust to the board and pick. You guys it. suck! <laughs> oh, I um, love when Okada's plan gets screwed. 
All right, so here, here's what I'm looking at here. What I'm looking at is either taking a quarterback in case some of, of these next several teams takes their second before I come around, which is possible, or taking a very young wide receiver, too young to really take this early. So I'm going to take the quarterback and hope that the wide receiver comes back around to me. I'm going to take Jared Goff. I've done this a couple times. I think I've talked about him and about liking Jared Goff. I think that with Gurley gone, he is going to have to carry this offense. And I believe in Sean McVay and the talent on that team, at, at that position at least, uh, the wide receiver position and tight end as well, to take off and get QB1 upside easily. So that super young wide receiver that you happen to be talking about wouldn't be Justin Jefferson, would it? Because I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Um, I like Justin Jefferson ah! a lot. He's going to walk in <laughs> to a great target share and have every opportunity oh to produce early, which is what you love to see in a rookie wide receiver. And I've said it before that Justin Jefferson is not my rookie wide receiver one in dynasty rankings. But Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to finish as the rookie wide receiver one in 2020 because he is going to have the clearest path mm. to production right away whereas cd lamb's kind of jockeying for position jerry judy's kind of jockeying for position jefferson's going to line up opposite of thielen potentially in a two wide receiver set all day long and have a great opportunity to see a really healthy target share early so i'm going to take justin jefferson um and then i do still need a tight end there's a tight end here that i kind of can't believe is still around i'm taking tyler higby who absolutely balled down the stretch last year, took over that job from Gerald Everett, told him to go kick rocks, um, and they've been hyping him up all offseason. They love him there. They're going to utilize him heavily. I think that he could potentially be this year's Mark Andrews last year, where Tyler Higby comes in and just torches it as a tight end, finishes inside the top three to five at the position. Yeah, I'm not even a big Tyler Higby guy. I've been pretty vocal about that, that I'm not buying into what I saw last year in the fact that people expect him to be like a top five or six tight end. But at this spot, in this draft, at this value, totally. Yep, I'm in there. Uh, after John's pick, and by the way, guys, let's wrap it up after 12 rounds. Uh, we're running a little late on time. So we had Mike Williams, Sterling Shepard, Jerry Judy, then two defenses go. Daniel Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, which do not draft him this year. Uh, Henry Ruggs and then Zach Moss. Did you just take a? You just you just took Zach Moss. <laughs> so I read, the thing, I read the list and I just realized I got to your name and I was like, wait a minute. Let, let me tell you a little story. Uh, I'm so on tilt right now that I meant to add Zach Moss to my queue and instead accidentally drafted him. Okay. Do you want me to remove him? Big draft mistake to avoid, everybody. The plus button in Sleeper does not mean add to your queue, even though it seems like it should. It means draft. And if you're on the clock, it will draft him. However, I'm not going to ask for the pick back bets. Right. I'm going to go ahead and stick with Zach Moss. Here's the thing. Very similar to what I talked about with the young receivers and taking Anthony Miller. At this point, when I've got Gurley, Ingram, Keyshawn Vaughn, I feel like I have a bunch of guys who are going to lead their team in carries, and I feel safe. So what I want here is a guy that I don't necessarily believe in that much, but you know what? Other people believe in him. And if I'm wrong, I want to be right somewhere. So I'm going to take me some shares of some guys that I don't necessarily tout myself and see how it goes. So especially in a mock draft, 
I'm going to get me some Zach Moss who has a chance to take over that backfield. I think it's a small chance. I like Devin Singletary much better. But at this point in the 11th round with absolute crap left at the running back position, Zach Moss probably has the best chance at, at a large You trying to talk yourself into why yeah. you accidentally <laughs> drafted Zach Moss? Listen, I put him on, I meant to put him on my queue, <laughs> yeah, so like, I was already prepping this the speech. to make it sound like it was all a master plan? I was prepping the speech already. <laughs> I don't like him, but just in case I'm in wrong, case I'm, I'm going to be happy. I'd rather be right. <laughs> Classic Okada. That is classic. Science. Um, I'm going to take a wide receiver that is zero upside, but is going to catch eight or nine balls a game, and that's Jamison Crowder. Uh, in the 11th that's who round, I to draft. I'll take him here, plug and play as a flex option uh, in any given week. After Crowder, we have Sammy Watkins, then Rashad Penny at the 12.01. It is back to me. Fellas, I have one more pick in this draft, and I want to make it a good one, but it's the 12th round, so it might not be that exciting. Um, however, I will take a wide receiver that I think is going significantly undervalued this year. Like major, major, major. We're talking about a guy, Okada, you probably remember this from last year. Do you remember a player that we had Heath Cummings on the show for? He was very high on this player. He said, this player is going to finish as a, a wide receiver two in fantasy. He was going as like a wide receiver four at the time. Do you remember who that is? Might have been Tyrell Williams. This is a, a Florida, a Florida team. Florida team. Nope, not, can't can't help you out okay. there. Okay, unless it's Preston Williams. It is not Preston Williams. I think his return might be a little slower from ACL, but uh, I do like the value there. I'm talking about, I'm talking about D.D. Westbrook, guys. Oh, I'm rising on D.D. Wow. Westbrook. This team is going to be bad, bad, bad on defense. Very bad. Gardner Minshew wasn't great last year. You know, he really wasn't, but he was good enough to support these wide receivers. I think DJ Chark is going to be an absolute steal in drafts this year. But you know what? D.D. Westbrook had 10.1 PPR points per game in the, the starts that Gardner Minshew made last year. Seven targets per game in those games. He is going significantly overlooked in drafts. One of my favorite sleepers. So I'm going to take him here in the 12th round just so we can talk about him on the pod. Wow. That is curious and not at all what I would have expected and couldn't even remember who it was because he was so not anything. <laughs> um, I, I am an old DD truther, by the way, like three or four years ago when he had that great preseason. I loved him. Um, okay, well, it's back around to me with the pick that I probably would have made here if I hadn't accidentally picked Zach Moss, although I was considering Jameson Crowder, by the way. It's a great pick in the 11th round. Always pick Jameson Crowder in the 11th round. That's just every year. Just do it, guys. Um... So I, what I'm doing is I'm looking at two young guys instead, again, with this same sort of strategy. They are Nikhil Harry and Preston Williams. Now, the thing about Nikhil Harry is I already have Julian Edelman. So if Nikhil Harry breaks out, which I think is a very large possibility, which is why I have him in my queue, I'm not going to be starting Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. So that doesn't really do that much for me. That pushes me to Preston Williams. I like him a lot. He looked incredible last year for a very small stretch. Then he got hurt. Um, and to Betts' point, probably going to be slow coming back from injury, but I don't need him to start on my team right away. What I need is maybe if one of my other guys gets hurt and I'm making a playoff run, or if he finally does come back and is a 1B to Devontae Parker's 1A, or maybe even that flips, who knows, I suddenly have a great piece in Preston Williams at wide receiver. So I'm going to snag him here with my last pick. All right, John, we're back to you, man. Close it out. After Okada, we had Hayden Hurst, Tony Pollard, Robbie Anderson, TJ Hawkinson, Michael Pittman Jr., 
Ben Roethlisberger, Dub Bears defense, and then Mike Gesicki at the 12-11. Really good value there. Dub Bears. Dub Bears. Dub Bears. I'll take Dicka in a round of golf. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about one pick that did happen is Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard, to me, is a very interesting running back this year because I, I think that he's going to push for standalone flex value as a weapon in that offense. Ooh. Um, I think that he's oh. going to get on the field a lot more than what we've seen in the past. And, and I still need to like really break down and solidify my stance on that. I, I don't really have that hammered down yet, but I'm really rising on Tony Pollard as a late round potential uh, RB4 for your roster. That could be like a standalone flex play. You're not just handcuffing Ezekiel Elliott, but someone that I think is going to get involved in the passing game and someone that they want to get the ball to in space. So something to keep an eye on. Um, I am going to go with another running back that's basically a wide receiver for my team. Um, and another PPR monster here is my last pick in the in the uh, in this mock draft that we're doing. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the dude that guy involved in that offense majorly, probably from day one. Shouldn't take him long to usurp Marlon Mack on that depth chart. I mean, with that offensive line, I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to have like a full yard per carry more than what Mack's going to produce, and it's not going to take long for the coaching staff to go, oh. That's why we traded up and drafted him. We should give him the ball all the time. But I do think that Naheem Hines is going to be very involved in that offense as a passing option. I like him very similar to Tariq Cohen, who I also already have on my roster. I think that he's someone that is going to have a safe and stable floor week to week in the passing game and is someone that could be plugged in as a flex on any given week. A, a really good bye week option, um, just just a nice kind of stable PPR piece to have on the bench. I love having those guys behind my like workhorses because you need someone in a bye week that's going to give you good floor, but potentially has high ceiling. And I think Naheem Hines could be that guy where, at any given week, let's say he gets five to six six catches, but one week maybe he gets ten. Like he could have a week where he gets ten catches. And that translates to like 60 yards and a touchdown or two. Like Naheem Hines is probably going to have two of those weeks this year where like out of nowhere, he's an RB1 for the week. And people are like, where the hell did he come from? Like, where did Naheem Hines just come from and put up like 22 fantasy points? It's probably going to happen a couple times. It's not going to be a consistent thing, but I'll take that kind of guy as the fifth running back on my roster and as a, a PPR option here late. Classic Philip Rivers, am I right? Yes, and that's why because with <laughs> Philip Rivers under center, yeah, it's just gonna be—he's gonna be the Ezekiel Elliott, or not these. I'm sorry, the Austin Eckler uh, kind of cologne of what we saw in L.A. I keep wanting to say San Diego. Um, I think that I think Philip Rivers is gonna get him the ball a ton. I think there's gonna be designed screens, slant routes, like all kinds of stuff to just dump it off all over the field, and I think Naheem Hines is gonna eat. Interesting way to end the draft. I didn't think it would be Naheem Hines, but here we are. Fellas, what a mock. 12 teams, half PPR. We did it. We are done. Um, Listeners, I don't want to read off every single name on the board, obviously. So what I'll do is on YouTube, I'm going to post the link to the draft board so you can take a look at every pick that happened in the draft. Before we close out the show, guys, let's run it back with the rosters. We'll let everyone know who we drafted um, and then our final kind of starting roster as well. John, let's start with you, man. Who you got? Yeah, so... 
I have, hold on, let me minimize here and read down in order. So it was, let me minimize further. Christian McCaffrey, Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler. Um, I tried the three running back strategy and honestly, I kind of love it. Christian McCaffrey, Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler, Robert Woods, OBJ, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones, Josh Allen, Tariq Cohen, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Higby, Naheem Hines. I would totally roll with that roster. I love it. Alrighty, Okada. Uh, well, I went with a sort of early running back strategy, and I feel like it has locked me into playoff contention. I'm curious whether it can win the championship, but this team is making the playoffs without a doubt. So I'm going to read it positionally. Quarterback Jared Goff, running backs Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley, and Mark Ingram, who's currently sitting in my flex, as well as Keyshawn Vaughn and Zach Moss, some upside rookies who have a chance to get a lot of carries. At wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Tyler Boyd, Julian Edelman, giving me some nice floor. Anthony Miller, Miller, Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller, and Preston Williams at the very end. And then at tight end, I have Hunter Henry, which feels very nice and balanced. This team is just stable all around. I really like it. Bets. Okada, I wish you were more confident, man. I, I just feel bad you don't have the confidence. Um, my quarterback is Matty Snapback, Matthew Stafford. We have Joe Mixon and Clyde edwards Lair as my running backs, along with Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers. Uh, nice group of rookies there. Chris Godwin and DJ Moore are my starting wide receivers, along with Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 28 value. Love that. Pair him with Christian Kirk and Jamison Crowder, as well as Didi Westbrook. Jerry Cook, my tight end. That is the roster, and that is the mock draft. Fellas, excellent show. We are back on Wednesday with another episode, which I don't know what it is because I don't have the show doc in front of me. But we are back on Wednesday. <laughs> Tune in then. And just for you know the listeners, too, uh, throughout June, we're going to be doing Mock Draft Mondays. We're going to try different strategies, different league settings, kind of just get you ready to draft when draft season gets here. Uh, and you're going to crush it. Until next time, for Okada, for John, I am Matthew Betts. We are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.